0: We're kicking off a new series today, Inside Out. We're talking about one of my favorite things to talk about, mission, how we live out loud, how we live boldly for God, sharing his great news, sharing his love, being the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And you know, you can't talk about mission. You can't talk about being witnesses in this world unless we talk about storytelling, unless we talk about stories. So that's what I'm going to do for just a few minutes. I want to share a few stories with you. The first one is about a man who was out to sea. He was on a ship, and he became very seasick. Anybody ever been seasick? When you are seasick, you're basically out of commission. There's not much you can do. And while he was suffering this seasickness, he heard a bunch of ruckus, and it turns out someone had fallen overboard. And he felt so bad because he was so sick that he couldn't help in some way. But he looks over on his nightstand, and he sees a lot. So he picks the light up, he holds it up to the porthole. That's all he does, that's all he feels he can do. So he wakes up the next day, he's feeling a little bit better, he goes up uh, and he sees this crowd around this guy and realizes that it's the guy that had fallen overboard. He had been saved and that was so awesome. So he went over to hear what the guy had to say. So the guy says, you know, I had gone under several times under the water and I was going under what felt like was probably gonna be the last time. But just as a last-ditch effort, I stuck my hand out of that water, just hoping and praying that somebody would see my hand. And don't you know that about that time, there was a light shining from a porthole. And a man saw my hand and was able to pull me into the lifeboat because of that light. Now, the second story is from the book According to the Life of Francis Diasisi. He was a monk, and he had asked a younger monk to go out with him to preach into town. And the young monk, so honored that he asked him to go, jumped at the chance. So they go into town, and they walk, and they walk, and they walk. They go down alleys, and byways, and streets, even into the suburbs. And then, at the end of the day, they go home. They didn't gather any crowds. They didn't talk to anybody. And the young monk was so disappointed. I thought we were coming into town to preach. So we asked Francis, what's all this about? And Francis said, my son, We have preached. As we walked, we rubbed shoulders with hundreds of people, and everyone watched us. Everyone watched closely our behavior. And another story is about a lawyer who was uh, defending someone, and she just felt that all the evidence was so clear, she didn't need to say anything at all. And so that's exactly what she said to the jury. I'm not going to argue this. I'm not going to insult your intelligence, because... The evidence is clear. And so the jury went away and they went to deliberate and when they came back just a few minutes later, they found the defendant guilty. She was shocked. How in the world could you find this man guilty? And the foreman said, well, we figured if anyone had anything to say and could say anything to persuade us, it would be you. And You didn't say anything. Silence had lost the case. And then another story is one of my own, a personal one, of when I was eh, probably close to being 19. And at that time, I was singing at most churches that I visited. I love using my talents for that. And I was visiting a church with a friend that I had sang at plenty of times before. But that day, I was just in a rotten mood. I was just being a typical teenager, didn't even really want to be there. But I went anyway because my friend invited me to go. And so when I walked into the church, I actually hid from people. And I went and sat in a pew so nobody would see me and ask me to sing. But they found me. Ashley, we'd love for you to sing. Will you please sing? I'm like, oh, you know, I don't even think I have a cassette with me. Back then, those were the days that we took tapes around and we'd pop them in and sing with soundtracks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't even think I have a tape with me. And my friend goes, yeah, you do. You've got a couple in your glove compartment out there. Really? So I stomp out, I get my tape, and I come back in to sing. And when I stand up to sing, still in a grumpy mood, I look back, and one of my best and dearest friends had walked in, someone who had really been struggling. We had talked a lot about God. We had prayed together. I had prayed for him, and I was just so glad to see him there. And don't you know that in the middle of that song that I was begrudgingly singing, he came up and gave his life to Christ. And now, I would love to invite Yosseswee up, Yosseswee Polivardi, who's going to share a story of his own. And so, if he would come up to share.
1: Um, Before I get into this, I would like to read a few verses to you. This is from the book of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil will come upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or towards the north, In the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all in the morning sow thy seed and the evening withhold not thine hand for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that or whether they both shall be alike good these are uh, interesting verses from ecclesiastes 11 to talk about uh, sowing the word of god and um, as ashley was mentioning you know, we all live in uh, time, and uh, there's a time for, for everything. And uh, God gives that specific time. So my wife and our kids, we all went to Pensacola uh, area uh, the week of July 6th. And uh, one afternoon we went to the beach, and uh, the kids and uh, Dominique were playing in the water. And uh, I decided to take a little nap. And uh, it was a nice uh, weather, and I just was sleeping. And after a little while, I woke up to the sound of uh, three uh, young men. Uh, they were probably 18 or 19 years old. And uh, they, were, they, were, they got a little bit loud, and they were joking, and they are definitely below the age, but they had a few um, alcoholic beverages with them, and they were kind of enjoying themselves, telling jokes and whatnot. So. Uh, I I sat up and I looked at them, and uh, I thought, "Oh, that's a little loud." And I wanted I lay down again, and then something in my spirit said, "You need to talk to them." So I I resisted. I said, ah, "You know, this feels too good. Let me continue my nap." And uh, but then it came up again, and so I said, "Okay, I'll I'll obey the Lord." So. I uh, I went over to them, started talking. Long story short, you know, we, you know, we come to church and we hear our pastors uh, share the word, you know, we read the Bible, we listen to Christian music, and some of the key concepts that we know, is, uh, to us, a simple thing like sin and what sin is, you know, when you see people in the world who are not saved, it's such a different thinking. So, One young man, his name was Luke, uh, and uh, he started uh, talking and uh, saying like, well, sin is a man-made concept. It's just man-made it up just so man can exercise control over other people. And so uh, then uh, my uh, kids came to, uh, next to me as well, Joshua, Lydia, and Ezekiel. And uh, we we started talking a lot of things. And... This uh, young man was talking about drugs and, you know, how he wants to set his life. And he, he doesn't want to be told by anybody what to do, and he wants to, uh, you know, come to his uh, own conclusions. So I, ha- I saw they had phones, all of them, so I like, uh, there's a free app on phones called the King James uh, Bible, you know, so I asked them to download um, and uh, they started, uh, I started showing them some verses. I, let's, let's talk about some, I, I hear what you're saying, but let's see this verse. So I would take them to uh, different verses in the Bible. And uh, um, after some time, you know, um, they, they kept resisting, but one uh, boy was Cameron, and his grandmother was a Christian, and he told all of us that she would pray for him from time to time, and uh, she would encourage him to uh, get saved. So, uh, and then the other boy, uh, Brian, he was sleeping and he would, he was acting like he was not interested, but he was listening. So this, the whole thing went on for like, uh, at least an hour or more. And, uh, you know, we went to all kinds of topics, but finally, uh, praise the Lord. You know, they, uh, they started receiving the word and, uh, at the end I said, you know, is there any reason, uh, you don't want to be Christians right now. You know, on this beach, you know, everybody's here. And um, and so uh, they said yes. And uh, so we prayed. Uh, I took them to the uh, Roman road, you know, Romans chapter 10, you know, uh, confessing Jesus is Lord with your mouth and believing in your heart that uh, God raised him uh, from the dead on the third day. So they, they heard that. They prayed with me. and uh, And on that day, according to the scriptures, they got saved. So uh, there's no uh, you know, confusion about it, no doubt about it. So um, they, I encouraged them to hold on to that date and uh, remember the date where, when they got saved, and uh, so they were happy. And uh, they, interestingly, right after that, three, four minutes after that, it started raining, and it was a massive uh, rainstorm, and everybody on the beach cleared out and ran to the nearest uh, shelter, and it was dispersed. So the the key thing, just like we read in this uh, chapter, is uh, there was a moment in time, and that was it. And just like the sower went to you know sow the seed that we see in Mark chapter 4, there's a time for each one of us in these difficult days, a uh, lot of things going on with riots and... Protests and all, on and on and on. The one thing uh, we certainly can do, like the story that Ashley shared, we can shine the light, and uh, you know, show the show the word of God. Because at uh, end of the day, that's the word of God does the work. We are told to do the work, and the work is just sharing the word of God, and the and the word convicts the people. So that's my story, and uh, I'm happy to share it with you.
0: Wow, thank you so much, y'all, so sweet. What a a great story. What an inspiring story. And I share all of these stories, and we make space for these stories for a reason. That man held that light up, and it seemed like such a small thing to do, yet it saved another man's life. Even when it feels insignificant, the Holy Spirit still moves. And it seems silly to walk around not saying anything or not preaching or not using words but saint francis says this it is of no use to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere as we walk even in our actions and in our posture the holy spirit still moves and, it, and the evidence seemed abundantly clear so why did the lawyer why did she need to say anything else How many times do we pass up sharing our testimony and instead remain silent? It could be that people think salvation, the gospel, isn't important enough to talk about. But when we do speak, when we are able to overcome whatever it is we need to overcome, the Holy Spirit will move. And even if it seems useless to to use our talents because we're grumpy or we're on vacation, (laughs) napping, The Holy Spirit will move when we faithfully step in to whatever the Holy Spirit is already working on. These stories, while personal and different in essence, all center around the same thing. Witnessing to the reign of God and his kingdom. And the scripture we're going to jump into today is really talking about the beginning of the church. The church that originated because of the Holy Spirit and through and in the Holy Spirit. And so I start with this question, if a church is not missional, it would help if I turn this back on, if a church is not missional, is it a church? So let's jump into our scripture from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this time that the disciples had with Jesus was right before he ascended. And... What do they do? They ask the question of, Lord, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom? So they had walked with Jesus. They had heard all of his parables. They had heard all of his teaching. They had witnessed over and over again all of his miracles. And they're thinking, hey, all the work's done. Jesus has done everything. We've witnessed you die, and now you are standing here before us alive. You've been resurrected. They were looking forward to those glory days. Aren't we all? But how does Jesus respond? It's not for you to know the times and periods that the Father has said by his own authority. I kind of think he was looking at them a little bit like this. (laughs) I sure love Dorothy. She's one of my favorites. I think, honestly, God looks at us a lot like this. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, he... I know, actually, that... He's saying something here that is very important for all of us. He's saying that you aren't going to have all the answers. You aren't going to know it all. And you know what? That's okay. We don't need to know it all. We need to allow God to be God. Now, why is this important for us as witnesses? Because as witnesses, we share our experience and we share what we know. And sometimes we're still going to be challenged, as I'm sure Yossesui was, with a lot of questions and a lot of hesitation. And it's okay to say, I don't know, because we're living in a story that's not quite finished yet. We know the past. We know what Jesus did for us. We know that he reigns today. We know that he's going to return, but there's going to be a lot that happens between now and when Jesus comes back. We don't know when. It's not for us to know. But it's okay to share That we don't know sometimes but what we do know is what we are sharing and how our life has been transformed by God at a Billy Graham crusade there was a survey given to people that attended that asked the question why do you not witness why do you not witness and the number one reason was fear of how people will react fear of how people will react now friends two things First of all, let's talk about fear. Fear isn't necessarily a bad thing all the time. Fear helps us recognize red flags. It helps us realize that we may be in a dangerous or bad situation. What's bad is when we allow that fear to stop us from doing what God longs for us to do, for what God desires us to do. What's bad is when we allow fear to keep us from living, to keep us from sharing the gospel, to keep us from being Christians. When we disobey God because of fear, we create a breeding ground for the enemy. And the enemy loves when we shut down because of fear. The enemy loves that. And you know what else the enemy loves? The enemy loves the second part of our reason. He loves that we worry about what other people are going to think, what other people are going to uh, think about, or how they're going to react to what we're sharing. Now let me help you with this, and myself, with this truth that is going to set us free right now. And I want you to say this with me if I can get my clicker. It's spiritual warfare. Stop! Okay, so say this with me i can control i cannot control how people react let's say it again so i don't mess up i cannot control how people react all right we cannot make people believe our story we cannot make people believe god's story we cannot make people understand what we are saying all the time and we can't force others to do or be or think like us we shouldn't want to force that and you know we don't want people to force their stuff on us, so that's a reciprocal thing. But that should not stop us from sharing because we do not know how the Holy Spirit will move. Now let's visit this scripture from Romans chapter one, verse 6, one, uh, 1 verses sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Now, if we visit back to verse 8 of Jesus' response, but you will receive what? Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We aren't given the power of the Holy Spirit to hide, to escape, to remain silent. We are given the Holy Spirit to share the gospel to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to reflect his love and who he is through our actions and our words. Now, I think the world has redefined a couple of words that are essential to Christians, especially in mission, and those are meek and bold. Meek has been reinterpreted to mean timid or weak, and bold has been reinterpreted to mean Aggressive or in-your-face or intolerant if you don't believe what I believe. But that's not Jesus' definition through his ministry and his words and his life. Meek really means humble and kind and gentle. And bold is assertive and brave and courageous and confident, not cocky. And I understand it's difficult. Sometimes to be bold in a world that feels like it's accepting everything but Christianity. And sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? It's like we're just accepting everything except for when I speak up about who I love in Christ. But friends, I'm not necessarily thinking that's a bad thing. I like being the underdog. When we read this scripture and the disciples are hearing after they've seen this life and death and resurrection of Jesus, and now Jesus is standing before them saying, hey, the work's not done, you got to go out, and you got to share this story to the ends of the world. They were the underdogs, weren't they? I'm sorry, where? What? What do you want us to do? They probably felt like this was such a huge task that they weren't ever going to be able to do it. But look, we have church, we have community, because the disciples followed what Jesus told them to do. They lived boldly and they lived outwardly so that they could share the gospel. And, you know, we don't need to walk into places thinking we're going to bring it. We're bringing Jesus to people. We're bringing the church to people. We're building the kingdom here. I think we need to change our mindset. The kingdom has already been brought. Jesus is the kingdom. He was here, and he reigns over heaven and over earth. No, we are entering into the kingdom when we are stepping faithfully into that mission that he desires for us to live. We are helping people receive the kingdom that we have received, that has transformed our lives. God is everywhere. He's always moving, always working. No, we step by faith into the work that God is already doing. That's is the good news friends remember all those stories at the beginning that we shared it doesn't matter how insignificant it feels it doesn't matter if you use words or if you don't use words the Holy Spirit can move through our actions but when we we need to speak we have to speak and it doesn't matter if you're grumpy or if you're tired or if you're begrudgingly obeying the Holy Spirit will move what matters is that we do this anyway. There's a great theologian named Leslie Newbigin who is one of my favorites to read. He is truly a father of mission, and he says this, the Bible tells a story that is the story, the story of which our human life is a part. It is not that stories are a part of human life, but that human life is a part of a story. We are witnesses to the greatest story ever told and we have the honor and privilege to be a part of that story it's not about us it's about God and with the Holy Spirit moving and reaching and seeking and providing we simply have to step by faith into the kingdom work and point to God let's pray God, I thank you so much that you have given us this mission. That you have come here and that your kingdom is here and you have asked us to enter into that kingdom. That you need us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That you have chosen us to shine through. That you have loved us so much that you have provided us your Holy Spirit so that we can go out into this world and share that love with others. Lord, I pray that you will challenge every heart that is here today, every heart that hears this, that you will help us to see, Lord, that you have provided us with the gifts and the talents and the words and whatever it is that we need to go out from this place, to live out loud for you, to share to the ends of the earth your wonderful news, that you love us, that your grace is abundant, and that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.